been looking at something, and I think basically God's been really teaching me about it. And sometimes I think he gives you... I, I felt like I should talk about this this week, and now I look at it and I'm like, was it that he wanted me to talk about it, or was it that he wanted it, me to really look at it myself and have to face it and struggle with it and wrestle with it and start living it? Because if I talk about something, then I've got to be at least trying to live it, haven't I? Um, so... Yeah, and the, the, the subject that I've been looking at is simplicity. So, um, the reason I've come on to this is because I've been reading a book, uh, you may have read it, it's Richard Foster, Celebration of Discipline, and there's a chapter, it's chapters about all different things, and one of them is about the discipline of simplicity. And it really challenged me, this chapter, because it's actually quite a lot of stuff I've been thinking about recently anyway. Um, but it kind of really helped me to bring it all together, but also challenged me to actually start acting on the things I've been thinking about. Um, so what this, I'll just read a little bit out from what Richard Foster says. Um, and this is, he's, he's kind of explaining what the whole, simpli- the idea of a simple life, simplicity, what it's all about. And he says that you can find the gist of it in the words of Jesus, when Jesus says this. Therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you shall eat or what you shall drink, nor about your body, what you shall put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And which of you, by being anxious, can add one cubit to his span of life? And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O men of little faith? Therefore, do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things shall be yours as well. The central point for the discipline of simplicity is to seek the kingdom of God and the righteousness of his kingdom first. And then everything necessarily, necessary will come in its proper order. It is impossible to overestimate the importance of Jesus' insight at this point. Everything hinges upon maintaining the first things at first. Nothing must come before the kingdom of God, including the desire for a simple lifestyle. And it reminded me of my, my mum preaching once, so actually all the women in my family preach. Um, my mum preaches, and I remember listening to her quite a few years ago, and she did this demonstration where you put, like, you have a, a tub, and you put different stones in it, and you've got really big stones, and they're the real essential things in your life. And then you've got medium-sized stones, and they're the things that are quite important. Then the little stones, which are things you probably need, but they're not that big a deal. And then there's like gravel or sand. And that's the stuff that you really don't need. It's just kind of there. And if you put them in in the right order, from the largest 
to the smallest, the most important, to the least important, then they all fit. But if you try to put the gravelly bits in first, the stuff you really don't need, and then the little ones, the bits that, yeah, kind of there, you need them sometimes, they're a little bit important, and then the medium stuff, which is the stuff that's fairly important to your life, and then try to fit in the big stones, the most important parts of your life, and you actually just can't fit it in. You cannot squidge it in. And I often think about that um, because I know in my heart what I think is the most important. I think it's God. Um, but, uh, you know, and I, I often think there's a quote from a film, <laughs> which is, 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 a, is a war film, actually, but it says in it, he is all that is best in me. And I often think about that. God, he is all that is best in me. Um, but if I'm not careful, I'm in danger of trying to fit him in around all the other stuff. Um, and, you know, I, I'm putting in the real rubbish stuff I don't need before I put him in. And I run out of space and I run out of time. Um, and I was just thinking about how the way when we give our time to something, when we give our attention to something, we end up giving a little bit of our heart away to it. Um, it says in the Bible, you know, there's that lovely um, section which says in Matthew 6, it says, do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot, you cannot serve God and money. So, of course, Jesus is talking about how money can have this real hold on us. Um, and Richard Foster talks about that a lot. But our treasure doesn't have to be money. It can be all different things. It can be our reputation. It can be our job. It can be our social standing. It can be any number of things. It's, it's what we give our time to and our focus and our attention. What do we fit everything else around? What do we put in first? Um, yeah, so then I was going to go into a bit about me, but I think that was just for me. Yeah, yeah so I think that was just for me. Anyway, so the other day, I've been reading Proverbs recently. If you haven't read Proverbs, do. Like, Matt's been getting into bed recently, and I've just been like, hee, 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 laughing, because Proverbs is really funny. Like, it's, it's great reading. And there's bits in it that I just, you're like, oh, that is exactly it. And if you read some of it in the current political climate, it is, goodness me. <laughs> yeah, we've got a lot of answering to do. Um, and it's really interesting. But anyway, it, it's a beautiful book. Well, the thing I read the other day is, um, it's Proverbs 27, verse 7. One who is full loathes honey, but to one who is hungry, everything bitter is sweet. And I was, just, I was thinking about this as I was thinking about the simplicity and about how I put things in my life. Um, and I was thinking how we can cram our, our lives and our minds, I do this, I shove so much information in my mind, stuff that isn't important, until I haven't got any space left in my mind, until I haven't got any energy left for anything else. 
And the thing is about this verse is that the thing that the full person refuses is honey. It's the best stuff. The thing that they've got full on is probably not as nice. It's not as good. But they don't have any room left for that honey just because they, they just don't have room for it. And I was just thinking about if I'm, if I'm not careful, that can definitely be me. Um, but I definitely want to emphasize that this is not a guilt trip because I know, like, I go... I can go up and down a bit and I can think, well, I'm not doing this and that means I'm dreadful. But the lovely thing about God is there's, there's a song and it says, um, it starts off, I've heard a, a thousand stories about what they think you're like, but I've heard the tender whispers of love in the dead of night. And the way that God speaks to me and the way that God speaks about the people that I pray about, whoever I pray about, he, it, it's not this like big white man shouting and pointing at your faults he just he only tears us down so he can lift us back up and he only does it so that he can make us better and we're so much more at peace with him and at peace with ourselves once he's lifted us back up um, so I, and I was thinking about this verse you know the lovely thing about this um, that I was reading in Matthew about seek first his kingdom and his righteousness is he's saying you don't have to worry about anything else. You know, he's wor- he, he, he doesn't want us to have to worry. Um, and I think one thing that Richard Foster really like, put the nails on the head um, about is he says, the reason why we worry, and there's so many different things we worry about, or the reason that we grasp things really tightly. So for me, one of the things is my me time. You know, I have a lot of time which is taken up by children and cleaning and all different things. So then when I've got my me time, I feel like I've got to defend it. And, um, and it's actually quite unhealthy. And I, and I do stuff like I sit for hours on my phone <laughs> looking at Facebook and things like this. I mean, I'm making time for, for that. Anyway, um, I was thinking about why do we do all these things? You know, why do we worry about how we look? Why do we worry if we've got a clean house? Why do some people work so hard? Why do some people grasp their, their me time? And why do some people not allow themselves any me time? You know, why do we do all these things? Why do we always have to be liked? And uh, I think Richard Foster really explains it well. He says that, it's all about trust. It's all about realizing that every single thing we have in life is a gift from God. And that's your job. That is your house. That is your relationships. That is your reputation, your time, absolutely everything is a gift from God. And if it's a gift from God, then he will look after it. So for me, that means I don't have to grasp my time. and like, no, leave me alone. God will look after it. And also, if it does belong to God, then it is there to be shared. Because actually, we are blessed to be a blessing. It always comes back to that. Um, And actually, what he says is that that is how you live a simple life, how you live free from anxiety, when you realize that it's not up to you. And realize that you don't have to look after everything. um, That actually, it's all up to him. And if you're seeking him first... He will lead you to those things. It's not, it's not that he never wants me to clean, you know, clean my house. It's not that he never wants me to do all the practical things. It's not that he never wants me to read a book and sit down or, or whatever. But if I go to him first, I will do it in the right way. 
And if I go to him first, sometimes he'll override what I wanted to do, and he'll take me somewhere better. Um, yeah, so what I want to do just briefly, if it's okay, is I was thinking about how actually I think in the Bible there's quite a few times when it talks about the simple, just bringing it down to a simple level. And um, I was thinking about uh, this verse in Luke, uh, chapter 10, verses 38 to 42. It says... Now as they went on their way, Jesus entered a village, and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary, who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. But Martha was distracted with much serving, and she went up to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her then to help me. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things. But one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion, which will not be taken away from her. I think a lot of my... I always went to church growing up, and my parents, they really live it in a lot of ways. But I did used to sit and listen to sermons and go, well, Jesus, he says that, but no one's actually doing it. <laughs> I used to think that all the time, like, so why is no one actually doing this? Um. But actually, I, I, do th I think he's saying, no, I am the good portion. No, I am first. No, you can trust me. Uh, no, we're not supposed to have faith in anything else. And uh, it's a bit of a scary road, but I think it's, I think it's the one to true freedom. Um, and I was thinking about the way he says, one thing is necessary. Um, and that, of course, that's him. And seeking his kingdom first. Um, so I thought, if it's all right, just for a few moments now, maybe not everyone does this, but it's something that I do sometimes, is I imagine myself in the verse. So I imagine myself like Mary, sat at Jesus' feet, and she's decided to ignore all the stuff, all the unworthy stuff, all the worthy stuff, like cleaning and tidying and getting the food ready, and she's just ignoring it because she's so in awe of Jesus. And... Um, you know, I do think that it's when we see him, that that's, like, you can taste and see that the Lord is good. That's when you don't go, oh, I should be good. Oh, and isn't Jesus nice? Jesus is great. If we look at him, we remember why, and then you want to put him first. Um, that you see that he is the good portion and the best that we can get. So if it's all right, I, just spent, I thought it would be good to spend just a few minutes just sitting at his feet and seeing what he wants to say because um, he's better at talking than I am and just see if there's anything he wants to to show you or even if he just wants to say he loves you whatever it is so if we could just spend just a few minutes and then I'll close with a prayer and just let him let him be first for five minutes spend time with us that you make time for us. Like as soon as we turn around to spend a bit of time with you, you're right there ready. Oh yeah, thank you for coming. <laughs> um, so pleased to see you. And I just had the image as I was praying then that we sit at your feet and you teach us and you know you allow us, whoever we are, to, to be your disciples. You don't ask for our CV. You don't look at our past. It just the fact that we're sitting there means you'll teach us. Um, but you also... 
you knelt at the disciples' feet to wash their feet. And I just say that you, you get down with us. You call us brothers and sisters. And I thank you for that. And I just pray that I and that we would just take your outstretched hand and take you with us into our whole week, into our whole lives, Lord. Thank you that you are ready to just bring the light into every part of our lives. And we really do want that. Thank you that you are so beautiful and that you are all that is best in us. But you look at us with such love. We don't have to have any shame. We are clean. Fully clean. And you help us to wash our feet and just get off any of the, the little bit of extra dirt we pick up along the way. Thank you for taking the time with us, Lord. We love you. Amen.